Show. Bill Michael Show. Final hour of the program. You got them. You don't want them. MilwaukeeBedBugPros.com. That's MilwaukeeBedBugPros.com. Don't forget them. Flying creepy crawlies anywhere around your house or maybe just preventative maintenance for whether it's an apartment complex, if you're a, a property owner, MilwaukeeBedBugPros.com. That's MilwaukeeBedBugPros.com. Uh, let's get back to the phone call. Let's go to Rob listening to us up in Door County. Rob, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? Doing great, Bill. You're doing an excellent job with two key topics. Rogers and LaFleur, are they right for the future? And overall, how do the Packers get better? And I would offer that we're in an era now where it's more important than it's ever been for NFL teams to believe and buy into their two leaders, the head coach and the QB, not just as individuals, but the relationship the two of them have together. I'll give you the perfect example, the Washington Commanders. Everybody Mm -hmm. in that locker room, including Rivera, knew Wentz was not right for that team and what's happened since Heineke's in. They play with the joy and the emotional intensity of a top college team, and they're winning, which leads me to my key point. I think everyone of us needs to consider moving forward and that the Packers need to consider, and that's the college transfer portal is breeding a mindset in the top players now who are going to be the ones drafted and filling the rosters of they're just going to go where they buy into the coach and the system. And I'm not saying that's bad. And the coaches in college now have a mindset of, I'm going to transfer in the guys who are going to buy into what I'm selling. Unfortunately, in the NFL, the teams, the players, and the coaches don't have that easy annual convenience. So it's going to be a lot easier for head coaches and QBs to lose the locker room. And I think that's what we have to start considering when we're saying why are the Packers four and eight, and what are they going to be next year? Um, good stuff, interesting, Rob. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for listening to us up in Door County uh, on the mighty WMAM, by the way, which blasts across the bay, and Door County, the one, uh, the one home of one Kevin Harlan. Tell Kevin if you see Kevin up there, tell him we said hi and we want to get him on the program. Um, so, in absorbing what it is he says is that if you don't have that enthusiastic, symbiotic relationship between the two leaders of your football team, between the head coach and the quarterback, you don't have success. <sighs> which is which is true. I, I understand that. Aaron Rodgers has numerous times this year gone out of his way to praise the head coach. Now, he has said at times, look, I'm not calling the plays. That's 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 not my call. But he did go on to say, but I do I do like what's being called. But we have seen the you know what they're what the F are you doing rear its ugly head at least once, but I think in the looks and the whatever was said on the sidelines between him and Matt LaFleur, it's come to uh, you know it's come to a head a couple of times. I I believe that the relationship between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, it's not that the bloom has come off the rose. I think that it's 
the first couple of years, it's different. It's energizing. You're like, this is great. This is great. I got an innovative head coach, a guy that I can text. I can sit down and watch games with. If I'm watching a game on Monday night, I see something. I'm like, did you see that? You know, this is what Aaron Rodgers was saying, that he could text Matt LaFleur and say, did you see that? Can we do that? You know, Matt LaFleur go, yeah, let's talk about it. I don't know if that dynamic is still there. I don't know if that energy is still there. It's an intangible you can't put your finger on. And it's probably way beyond the level of depth I'm giving it when it comes to the intellect side. I don't know what that relationship is. Perception becoming reality, it doesn't look as good as it once was. It looks strained. It looks dysfunctional. It looks like um, there's been reversion back to bad habits. And we don't. And Rodgers has been emphatic, saying, "I'm I'm not calling the plays. It's not me. Don't look at me." So I, that's a great question. I, I you know, if, if you're going to look to that leadership, does Aaron Rodgers give you the perception of leadership? You know, could you call that into question? I think some have at times. You know, it's funny because you you take a guy like Brady and he's being a leader by screaming and yelling at guys and wanting to be the best and and such, and people love it. And then Rodgers does it, and he's a petulant diva. You know, it, it's – but I, I – I, th- this is the way I explain it to people because people will ask me the exact same question I'm asking you. And the way I look at it is it's what I see. Is it similar actions? Yeah. Is it presentation? It's different. You know, you got one coach, you got two coaches, three coaches, Vrabel, Rivera, LaFleur. They've all cried, right? We've seen them cry. We've seen them get emotional. Two coaches are fighting for their guys. They put their emotion, heart, and soul into that. Another coach is perceived as crying because he's lost his locker room and he's losing his job. Same action, just different perception. You know, so... Uh, it's kind of like what you see and what you perceive it as. We both can look out the window and see clouds and sun. To you, it's partly cloudy. To me, it's mostly sunny. It doesn't mean we saw different things. It just means we perceive it differently. And I think that's where some look at this relationship with Far, or excuse me, with uh, Rogers and uh, Lafleur. And say, you know what? It's run its course. It's run its course. Does that make sense, Ben? Am I am I kind of talking in circles and blowing smoke out of my own ass, or is that does that make sense as to the kind of the descriptiveness I give when it comes to the relationships we witness? Yes, I I, I think it does make sense generally. Um, I I don't know. I I think the dynamic is is so tough, or it was made tough, at least when Rogers came back in twenty twenty one with all of the, you know, Goody and GM and power and, and things of that nature. And then with the money, I, I just, it's a dynamic you're not going to find anywhere else in the league between yeah. coach and quarterback and team, where even when Brady's there, he obviously feels kind of larger than the team, but not even close to as much as Rodgers does. Right. So it's very unique in that way. Uh, but I, you may I, feel it, but you'll never get that perception out of him. Right. Right. And, like, I I commend the fact that Rodgers talks with the media for 20 minutes a week. 
Like I, I don't take that for granted at all. That that does not right. happen close to everywhere. Uh, but like that is the sense where there's a reason that every single writer in the building is at his locker for that long, as long as they could possibly be. be I, what he says carries as much weight as anyone in that building. So the right. question then is, is that healthy for a football franchise? Good point. And the answer could good. be yes if he's that good. It's well, just I, like you don't see it often anywhere else in the structure of the NFL. But we we focus in on what Brady says when Brady goes to the podium. It carries a lot of weight. We do. I I guess he says a lot less. Yeah. As we, you become a superstar in this league, what you say carries weight. Uh, do we pay attention to Kirk Cousins? No. But if Justin Jefferson comes out, yes. Do we pay attention to, you know, one of the defenders of Cincinnati or do we pay attention to Joe Burrow? When Joe Burrow speaks, people listen. You know, when Patrick Mahomes speaks, people listen. So I think as your as your stardom grows, as your superstardom grows, is what level of listenability you then have. So I, I understand it, but you're right, because when Roger speaks and has the platform on McAfee and such, I mean – by far, I believe that's probably the highest rated segments of McAfee all week is when Aaron Rodgers is on there and what he has to say and what's he going to say. Because people are listening. They're not listening now for Football Insight. They're not listening for that. They're listening for the out there. They're listening for does he really believe that 9-11 was a hoax. They're they're listening for more colon cleansing ideas. You know, is he going to say something that, you know, just is bizarre because he's become – as much a quarterback in the NFL as he is somewhat of a bizarre sideshow as to some of his beliefs and thoughts. Would you agree with that? Kind of. Uh, definitely for those outside of Green Bay. I'm talking more from the standpoint of what we do and what Packers yeah. fans care about and what the media cares about. Aside from all the McAfee stuff and all the offseason stuff, it's the player personnel conversations where he gets asked about Amari Rogers and he says he's returning right. punts. And we all say, oh, Amari Rogers can't play. He's gone. Rogers must not like him for whatever reason. Yeah. And then when it comes to Cobb and Mercedes Lewis and all right, these things, right. I, I genuinely wonder if that's healthy for an NFL franchise to have the quarterback be the de facto GM it, from the eyes of the public when it comes to that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Uh... Yeah, you bring up a good point, MZ. Um, says, what about State Farm? Stay- I haven't seen Aaron Rodgers in a State Farm commercial in a while. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen that in a long time. It's been the the commercials with. I mean, they they brought in Andy Reid to work with Patrick Mahomes, which is terrific. Which, yeah, um, I, I will also Andy- say, if Aaron Rodgers had been playing great all season and the team wasn't spectacular. But, like, let's say Rodgers had played at the top of his level with this flawed team, with the flawed defense and the not great offense. I think the conversations are very different. It's the yeah. fact that he's had a broken thumb, played through injuries, not played close to his level. And some of the losses, you can kind of look at the quarterback and say that's why. It's made the dynamic tough. When you're winning, okay, that can all work fine. When you're losing, is that really a good situation to be in? Um. I, I think Rodgers is very much uh, like when Favre used to speak. Favre used to command a room when you could hear a pin drop. Same thing with Favre, or things, same thing with Rodgers. Uh, and 
he's just got that listenable level because he challenges you, challenges you to think. Uh, some of the stuff he says you're completely blown away by. There's always something goofy that gets dropped. And we're listening to every word to critique it of what he says and what he doesn't say. It's it just it's morphed into that. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. When we come back, uh, the guy that you're going to want to hear, should I tell everybody that they can hear Matt LaFleur when we come back? They oh, want to hear God. Matt LaFleur when we come back? Do people want to hear, hear Matt LaFleur? <laughs> you got to hear a little bit, right? You got to hear a little bit, Matt LaFleur. Um, by the way, um, a place where you can go, you don't have to listen to anything. That is up on the island. The uh, Four Seasons Island Resort, Pembine, Wisconsin, on the Muscano Island. They've got the Chocolate Festival coming up in January. They also have Al Capone's birthday. Now, it's kind of a weird celebration because it's a kind of a blast from the 20s, 30s, and 40s and such uh, because that's a place that Al Capone and his his gang leaders used to go and get away from uh, the riggers and the police from Chicago. They used to head up there, so they do the Al Capone weekend, uh, January 13th and 14th. Right after that, they've got the uh, Chocolate Festival coming up, and they still have holiday parties coming up. That is the Four Seasons Island Resort in Pembine, Wisconsin. Four Seasons Island Resort in Pembine, Wisconsin. Get a hold of our girl Barb up there, B-A-R-B, Barb, at thefourseasonswisconsin.com. Barb at thefourseasonswisconsin.com, or call her direct, 715-324-5800. Book your stay today, and make sure you tell them you heard it here. You get automatic 15% off. Not bad, huh? Automatic 15% off. Again, 715-324-5800. 715-324-5800. A lot going on on the island. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show continuing on good stuff 877-867-1670 before we get to uh matt lafleur ben what do you what what is the definition for an online influencer Ooh, uh smart to ask me being that i am uh, the young idiot in these parts around here the zone um i i don't think there's a certain definition i guess someone with a large enough following to uh, invoke action with an audience, I would say. So, okay. like, attractive people on Instagram post pictures. They have a large following because okay. people think they're attractive. And then they have a certain brand of anything in the picture. All right. And then it's an advertisement, things of that nature. Why, are okay. you trying to become one? No, no. I was called one in a in a in an email, and I thought, nah, that's we, we're really more over the air. Uh, don't get me wrong; we do the show on YouTube and Facebook Live and uh, Twitch TV and such every day. But I would not consider myself a social media influencer, an online influencer. We'll say so. I just, well, I, I guess, I on Twitter to, you are. What, well, I guess. Um, and also, I, I guess if you take online out of the definition, then right I, by definition, most radio shows are if it has certain listenership or certain yeah. people care about what the host has to say. Okay. Well, it's just it was one of those things. I'm like, well, it's not. I don't think that's really. It's nice if you thought that way, but that's not necessarily what we're 
specifically aiming for, I guess. But okay, if you want to think of us that way, that's fine. But I just, I, I, I didn't know because you look online and you say, "What is the definition of an online influencer?" And I'm like, "No, that's not us." You know, that's not us. But you know, everybody's got brands and everybody has something. I mean, online influencers talk about something specific. And they do have sponsors along the way. You know, McAfee, I would consider an online influencer, you know, because that's where he, he kind of really rocketed up uh, to, to stardom. Was what he started doing online. I mean, he's got millions of followers. McAfee does. I would say the show influences. It does, but we're not, you know, we got, what, 25,000 followers, I think. McAfee's looking at, like, 2.7 million or something like that last I checked. So, anyway. McAfee uh, doesn't wanted... talk about Irish dancing, though. You see? This is true. This is true. But did you hear yesterday when he said that anytime you mention Brett Favre's name, you have to, he called him Sticky Fingers Favre? I read a story on that this morning. Yeah. Yes. That he said, anytime you talk about Brett Favre, now you have to say, um, you know, talk about the, the Mississippi fraud that has taken place in the welfare system there. So, anyway. All right. Uh, let's do this. Uh, Matt LaFleur at the podium just a short time ago. Let's see what he has to say. There you go. Matt LaFleur talking to the media a little bit uh, better today, I guess, if you want to give it a critique. Hey, uh, a reminder, our friends at the Milwaukee Admirals, they got a lot of good hockey ahead of them. And... The concert series well underway, and they got Scott McCreary coming up uh, Saturday, January 28th, Russell Dickerson on Friday, March 9th, and then when you bring in St. Patrick's Day, you got to bring in the Dropkick Murphys. That's right, St. Patrick's Day, March 11th, creeping in on St. Patrick's Day at the UW Panther Arena after the game, the Dropkick Murphys. Then on Friday, April 14th, it is the Stone Temple Pilots. Remember them? So they got some good music coming to town, good music stuff going on at milwaukeeadmirals.com that is milwaukeeadmirals.com stay tuned we got more coming up after this Ready? this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Good to have you. Bill Michael Show continues on. Some news coming out of Michigan as they get ready for the uh, the Big Ten Championship game. Their star running back, Blake Corum, having knee surgery out for the remainder of the season. Uh, the Heisman candidate, uh, he should make a full recovery, they say, but he tried to play last week against the Buckeyes, but uh, the knee just not, uh, not up to it. So they're going to shut him down, and he's going in for knee surgery. So his season effectively over for the Wolverines. So just bringing that up. You know what this uh, shows, Bill? What's that? This whole situation shows everybody why stars in recruiting very much matter. Because Blake Corum missed the Ohio State game pretty much, and guess what happened in with him on the bench? A five-star came in right behind him, ran for 200 right. yards. So yep. when you're able to build a roster with five stars on four stars on five stars, mm-hmm. those type of losses don't really matter. Yep. They matter, but not nearly as much. No, not as much as you would think, nope. And, uh, again, you're talking about a guy that was, you know, at the beginning of the season being talked about and throughout the season missed the possibility of a Heisman candidate, even though I think it was a long shot. But still, um, you know, when you're able to just say, okay, we'll put the next guy in. Yeah, that's that's star depth right there, without a doubt. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. 
1670. By the way, uh, Bears head coach Matt Eberflew said uh, Justin Fields limited in uh, practice again, but he's continuing to approve. Um, Trevor, Trevor Simeon not practicing because of the oblique injury. They brought in Tim Boyle, as we talked about a little bit earlier today. And uh, Eberflus wants Fields to continue playing efficiently, as he put it over the final stretch. In other words, uh, be smart, throw the ball away, don't get, don't get blown up. That's If you want to put it into the deciphering speak of a coach, that's kind of what it is. Um, and the Bears were working out some safeties and such this pre- earlier this week, and J.R. Reed and such, and Adrian Colbert uh, working out some of those guys, but uh, trying to get ready for this Packers game. And meanwhile, the uh, says that Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers this offseason appears to be either retiring or staying with the Packers. A trade not completely out of the picture, but as uh, Jeff Howe of The Athletic puts it, uh, the Packers would get plenty of interest in that scenario should they try to trade him. Um, but a, Ian Rappaport says Rodgers plans to continue to play despite suffering the rib injury, as we all know, and that uh, wants to continue to play next season. So, I wish I there's nothing new here when it talks about some of this stuff. We pretty much knew this all along. I would be really surprised if Rodgers would go away at the end of the season and just say, no, nah, I'm done. I'm done. I, I, I really do. I, I think for two reasons. One, he's got a lot of money on the table that he could possibly give up. And then secondly, um, that I just, I just don't, it's not that I don't think that he could coexist on the same stage going into the hall of fame the same day as Tom Brady. I, I don't think it's that. I just think it's for two reasons. One, you want your own standalone day. And two, you want to give Brady his own standalone day. You know, I, I just I don't see Rogers doing that. What if Brady I comes do. back? What if Brady uh, goes back to New England? I you know, that's kind of what they've been talking about in New England, isn't it? That Brady's done after this year. I, I just, that I don't see happening. I think Brady walks away before he goes back to New England. I, I don't see that happening. And and let's be honest, if you're Brady, do you want to go back to New England? I'd probably want to get out of Tampa, frankly. Uh, I'd probably want to get out of Tampa, but I think at this point in time, Brady's what, 45? Correct me if I'm wrong, mm. 45 years old? 44, 45, going to be 45. 45. I, yeah, I, I no. No, th- this was this was the season you saw, you know, obviously he's gone through a lot. So you don't know what level of ability he still has versus what he doesn't and what father time has taken away. Certainly he's still an incredibly viable quarterback at the age of 45. But this season took a toll. This offseason took a toll. You know, now, then again, he doesn't have anybody holding him back. Right? It's not like Giselle sitting there going, you, you know, you play again and I'm leaving you because now she's already left. I mean, you know, she's already moved on, for God's sakes. But, you you know, this season took a toll. I, I think he's just now like, you know what, I'm, I'm already splitting time and probably splitting cities with my kids. I, I just, you know, if that's what he wants to do, I would assume he's just going to walk away from the game. Although, you know, some of the greatest of greats, they just don't know when to go. They don't know when to retire. They don't know when to call it a career. So maybe Brady does come back to get past the 45 mark to say, I'm, I'm, 
gonna you know I'm gonna defy all the odds. He's already done it, but if he thinks like you know going into next season, hey, um, you know whatever this kind, I'll take less or what have you, and let's go get another team that can you know fortify. Who knows? He maybe he's got that competitive drive. Wouldn't put it past him. He certainly has been uh, a health nut, a health fanatic, in keeping his body ready. You can't fault him for that. The guy's, you know, 45 years old. He's still out there taking hits. I can't, Im- I can't imagine him coming back. Can't imagine him coming back. Just, I, I don't see it happening. 877-867-1670. Um, I, I did want to address this, but I wanted to give it more time, and I, I just don't specifically have the time for it, but I, I don't want to, like, gloss over it. And it was the discussion yesterday and very much this morning with LeBron James. Uh, was disappointed by the questions uh, that, or the lack of questions, we'll say, uh, regarding Jerry Jones in that picture. Okay, we haven't talked about. It. I try to stick more to sports than I do the 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 you know the political side of things or social side of things. But LeBron James um, went after reporters after the one twenty eight one hundred nine win over the Portland Trailblazers, and he he was asked a lot about. At the time when Kyrie Irving had put out his uh, tweet and such, and 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 you know that was deemed insensitive, uh, James said uh, last night, uh, "I've got one question for you guys before you guys leave." <coughs> Excuse me. Said I was thinking when I, I was on my way over here, I was just wondering why I haven't gotten a question from you guys about Jerry Jones in that photo. But he said when Kyrie. When that Kyrie thing was going on, you guys were quick to ask uh, us all kinds of questions about that. Now, here here's the thing. Excuse me, got into a coughing jack. He said, uh, LeBron James said, me personally, I don't condone any hate of any kind to any race, to Jewish communities, to black communities, to Asian communities. You guys know where I stand. He said, I believe what Kyrie did caused some harm to a lot of people, and he has since, over the last... I think it was today or yesterday. He apologized, but he caused some harm, and I think it's unfortunate. But he wants to know about Jerry Jones and why he wasn't asked about that. And this is a picture that surfaced of Jerry Jones back in 1957 when Jerry Jones was 14 years old. It's a picture of a predominantly white crowd, and Jones is in it, and they were attempting at the time to block six black students from entering the doors of North Little Rock uh, High School. And again, it's 1957. And I get that LeBron James wants to be this social, outspoken activist. But to chastise the media, what Kyrie did, one, Kyrie was a former teammate. Two, it's current. It, it happened recently in the league in which he plays. What Jerry Jones did or was accused of doing, and I believe Jerry Jones was part of that. I you know He said he was just there to be an observer, but, you know, come on. But this was 1957. And I... Uh, it, it, it's, it's hard to put yourself in eras like that. I wasn't born then. I I I wasn't I I don't know what the tenor 
of the country was at that point in time. I know today, looking back, it wasn't good, obviously. But I would never ask somebody to explain something that they did when they're now going in their 80s, back when they were 14 years old. As much as, you know, somebody may look at me in 20 years or 30 years and say, why weren't you more outspoken against COVID or vaccinations or whatever? It's like, you're in the time. You just you just deal with it in the time. Now, it's different because obviously we're talking about human rights here versus, um, you know, getting a vaccine. But... I on one hand I understand it because he wants to be the activist and people have been asking about it today that's the only reason I bring it up um but on the other hand it was 1957 this isn't like it was 10 years ago 15 years ago whatever this is 1957 there's a long time a lot has changed since 1957 you can't go back and rewrite history all you can do is say, I was wrong then, and move on and learn from it, and not repeat it. If we had to go back and rewrite history, we all we're doing is lying to ourselves. Live and learn from your own mistakes and grow. But I, I thought you know him calling out the media last night was a typical kind of LeBron James-style move so to speak. Anyway, uh, but people ask me about it, so I wanted to just say I, I wanted to talk about it, but I just don't have a ton of time. So anyway, uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break, come back, wrap things up. Coming up next on The Bill Michael Show. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers at practice today getting ready to face the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. Green Bay has only won one of their last eight games. As they head into week 13, nose tackle Kenny Clark. At this point right now, I'm just trying to, you know, put together a great game and, you know, help our defense, you know, put together a great game. Uh, Seem like all year, just everything's just really been a roller coaster. So, you know, at this point, I'm just, we're just trying to just, just win a football game and, and play good football at the end of the day. The Bears are 3-9, and nine, and although they are rebuilding, they're still competing. Bears head coach Matt Eberflus. You know, measured on the wins and losses. You know, win and loss matters. It does matter. That's why you're in the business, to win and lose games, right? You're here to win it. And when you, when you don't come up, when you come up short, you have to look at the positives and look at the things you got to correct to get better. And, and I do think we are getting better. The Bears had to place veteran safety Eddie Jackson on IR after suffering a season-ending foot injury on the turf against the Jets at MetLife Stadium. Bears defensive back DeAndre Houston Carson. Yeah, I mean, Eddie's, in my opinion, the best in the game, a great teammate. So obviously it's just, it hurts us, but we just got to find a way to... Try to find that production, you know, from other people. Former Bears safety Adrian Amos says it's time for the Packers to improve on their 4-8 and eight record. No quit, keep grinding. That's really all we can do is keep grinding. No, you know, you know, everybody pointing their finger, you know, at themselves because we haven't won too many games, so it's really everybody. And the Wisconsin Badgers' new head coach, Luke Fickle, produced several NFL players while at Cincinnati, including Jets defensive back Sauce Gardner, Falcons quarterback Desmond Ritter, and Packers tight end Josiah DeGora. He's a great leader. He knows how to lead men. He knows how to lead kids that come into the different programs. Um, he knows how to change and shift a culture. Um, you really buy into what he's saying, and you believe what he's saying. and You grow a love for him. He, you know he loves and cares about each and every person in the locker room, so that's what he does really well. Obviously, he did a great job at Cincinnati, and I know he'll continue to do a great job. That's Packers tight end Josiah DeGora in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. 
minutes to go before we get out of here. And uh, one thing we got to delve into a little bit deeper tomorrow, and that is the college football playoff moving to 12 teams coming up with the 2024-2025 seasons. Uh, no! with you, The Rose Bowl, yes. I, you're excited about this, aren't you, Ben? No, not at all. You're not? No. I, I don't want the playoff to expand. So I guess that's a teaser for tomorrow. Oh, boy. I, I'm very I passionate sure on this topic. I thought you'd be giddy over this. No. No, there I missed the any BCS. question anymore. Oh, geez. <laughs> so, well, you're still going to have the committee voting, which I think is ridiculous. I think yep. uh, anything that's put out there before week six is an absolute effing joke. But I, uh, I, I'm in favor of a playoff. I like it. Uh, we're all about one and dones and uh, the tournament, and so I'm I'm giddy. But the Rose Bowl reached an agreement that officially paves the way for the college football playoffs to expand into the final two seasons of the current contract, looking at 2024 and 2025. So the college football playoff executive director Bill Hancock said that uh, we are delighted to be moving forward. So, and tomorrow, uh, way, the, tomorrow people get to yell at me and call me an idiot. So um, the first round of the playoffs in 2024 are going to take place the week ending Saturday, December 21st at either the home field of the higher seed or another site designated by the higher seed school. So which is soft should. and you know, Ohio state's going to get out of the snow. Oh, they're going to go play in a dome where their offense can work. Uh, yeah. Why would you want to pull it out of the shoe though? Because they can't play in the weather. Because they're a finesse football team, Bill. Well, okay. I personally, unless you go to a a venue that's going to give you more than 100,000 people, I would not want to lose the revenue moving out of the shoe. And I wouldn't want to piss off my fan base. Uh, The fan base is pissed off already. They're losing to Michigan. So (laughs) let's not even put Ohio State in it then at this point. Let's be honest. Well, Well, it's 12 teams, so the whole nation makes it. So there you go. Regular season doesn't matter anymore. Ben Kenny. Tonight, coming up, Kenny and Heilprin, 6 to 8 this evening. And uh, I'm sure you guys are going to... 5 to 6, I'm sorry. 5 to 6 this evening. You guys are going to discuss, I'm sure. And uh, we'll talk more about that coming up tomorrow on the program as we round out our week. Until then, uh, by the way, speaking of that, rounding out our week next week, you guys got uh, Tanner Bartolini on tonight, right? Correct. Yes, talking Luke Fickle. There you go. little Luke Fickle chatter this evening. That's it. Time for us to go. Have a good one. See? The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.